All right. Here we are. Lawyer talk. Off the record. On the air. Everybody present. Airplane mode on. Airplane mode on. All lawyers present. Sort of. We got four lawyers here today. This isn't like a... Well, there's only three. I mean, yeah, we, we always... I, I, yeah. Oh, three. what am I talking yeah. about? Only three. Yeah. yeah. That's Jared three. Was our, Jared was our gumshoe, so I kind of yeah. see him I'm, as... Uh, no, he's the, I'm an investigator. He's the investigator. I'm the virgin lawyer here on uh, Lawyer Talk. He's the virgin. That is David A. Goldstein. Just such a team member. I just think it, it, it's Lawyer Talk. It's Lawyer... I mean, it's Lawyer Talk, but... Uh, so, special guest today, David A. Goldstein, attorney at law. You're an LPA now, right? I am an LPA. This thing uh, on your head makes it look I, like I know, a yarmulke. I know it does. I, was, I wasn't going to say anything. That's right. Well, happy, said, happy, New Year. Was, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Lashana Tova uh, to our Jewish listeners. Is that today? <laughs> uh, no, that was last week. Yom Kippur is uh, Tuesday night, so the Day of Atonement. So this is the high holiday weeks. I, You know, it's funny. I almost texted you because I tried to order supplies here for the 511 studio from a, from a, uh, a place in New York. And I, I sent the order, and I, I like I put it in my shopping cart, and I go to hit send, and it, it just it, they wouldn't take it, and they they said it was some holiday, and I was like, oh, I should text you because it, it was a Jewish holiday. It was uh, Rosh, Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah was started Sunday night, and Monday I was not at work, and you probably couldn't get a hold of most Jewish lawyers Monday or and or Tuesday. Some some high rollers who are more religious celebrate two days for Rosh Hashanah. Technically, it's a two day holiday, not a one day. But, but not you. You're just a one day. I'm just a one dayer. Is it? What do you do? Do you just turn off all electronics? Do you fast? What do you do? No, fasting is Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year, so you, you know usually the night before sundown you have a seder, a nice meal. I cooked, uh, made a brisket and some potato Ooh. pancakes, which uh, usually you, you have Lachies. for Passover. Lachies. Lachies, yeah, and some matzo ball soup. So it, it was did, pretty good. I gotta ask: Do the McDonald's hash browns count as latkes? I think if you put applesauce on them, they could. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I like that. Yeah. But you uh, you make all that from scratch. I made all that from scratch. Wow. You, you, even you would be proud of me. Sounds you good. You would be proud of me about the matzo ball soup. It's, you know who told me good. has a great matzo ball soup recipe is, um, oh, I can't think of her name. Judge, female judge. She's Jewish. Uh, Cindy? Cindy Ebner? No, the other one. Uh, she beat Morgan Masters for the judge job. What's her oh, name? Oh, Jody. Jody has Judge an awesome. Thomas. She told Thomas. me she because she sees that I cook all the time, and she was like, "You have to try my matzo ball soup. I have a killer mo- matzo ball soup. My kids love it." I might have to check. So, I might, when I'm up yeah. there, I might have to ask her. I'm a fan of soup. I'm a fan of, of soup kind. too. Well, soup I love is soup. good. Yeah, I mean, matzo ball soup is. Uh, it warms the heart. Let's put it that way. It does. It warms the cockles. The cockles. Anything special with the brisket? <laughs> no, I don't do much with the brisket. I, it's it's. You How know, do you cook it? Well, there's two types. I can cook it in the oven, which I usually do, but also you can do it in a pressure cooker. I've tried both. A mm. pressure cooker? A pressure cooker. You got that, like it locks down? Yeah, the whole I got the whole, it's that pressure cooker. You had to release the oh, pressure. I remember as a child, yeah. mommy, my mom, my mom used, used to use pressure cooker all the time, and we were kids running around. Boy, she don't run around. Right. I'm using the pressure cooker because if it builds up and you go run to the kitchen and psh, I have a pre- yeah, I know this is I do have a pressure cooker case pending right now. You do, you I do. do a products liability case. Yes. What happened? Was it one electric pressure? It, cooker? It was one of the. One? No, it wasn't even that the old Instapot? one. It was, it was. It was. It was not the Instapot. <laughs> it was a pressure cooker, and just recently, and they've had some problems with them. There was a class action suit filed up in Cleveland, but my client we opted out of the class action, which means he didn't have to be part of it, and he was cooking. 
and it said that it was safe for him to open it up, that, you know, the pressure had been released. He opens it up, the thing explodes, burned oh, him on his face, God. on his side. Really? So, yeah. Wow. Now, th- th- so we're just right into it. That's exi- what a perfect segue. Right. I mean, we, we brought him down here for a reason. I mean, not just to talk about matzo ball soup, but, uh, you know, you do a lot of personal injury work. I do. I do. It's, it's uh, you know, I concentrate my practice in that particular area with personal injury and insurance law. So, yes. It's, you see, what's interesting to me is I do criminal defense work and how little I know really about the, how little I did know, I guess. I've learned quite a bit since you've been in our building here, but it's like uh, most people just don't quite understand the game. There are so many nuances to personal injury work and when you're injured that people just think, well, I'm injured, I'll, I'll just speak with the insurance company and they'll write me a check and I'm done with it. But there's so many little nuances where people don't realize that they have to pay back their health insurance company they have to maybe um, they don't get the fair and adequate compensation that they're due. They just have no idea what they're doing. But they, they get pressured sometimes when they're talking to insurance companies to settle quickly or they get scared to even call a lawyer. And then one of the other big things I, I always hear is, well, I don't want to sue that person because I'm not doing it for the money. And the person who hit me was very nice. And I always tell people, you're not suing them technically. You're, you're going after the, the insurance. That's yeah, why we yes. have insurance. It's funny. I've actually been I, – I, I've seen this firsthand. I had a friend – and uh, you ended up handling the case, I, but I was in the hospital visiting him, and he had been in a in a motorcycle crash, and I was there when the hospital people came in with these documents and forms and and wanted wanted signatures on stuff, and you know the family was there. My friend was not. My friend was unconscious, and, and the family was there, and they're all there now. They knew enough not to sign anything. But later on, I sort of learned what was going on. It's like they, they wanted to go – the hospital wanted to get first in line to get paid all the medical expenses out of the uh, insurance settlements. Right. A lot of people don't know. Like you go to the hospital and you have health insurance. The hospital and the health insurance company have a contract. And so they have a, a rate that they will pay. So let's say you go in for an MRI. If you didn't have health insurance, it might be $2,500. But if you have health insurance, the hospital will accept, let's say, $500 from your insurance company and they write off the other 2000 so the hospital loses some money by having that contract. So if the hospital can convince you saying, hey, let's not run it through your health insurance. If you have a personal injury claim, let's run it through that and get a lien. Now, all of a sudden, for that MRI, the hospital is going to come to you and say, hey, if you get money from the insurance company, you owe us $2,500 as opposed to $500. And that, they, don't, they don't quite pitch it that way. Oh, no, so they, shady. They don't, so they, don't, they don't pitch it that way. They just say, hey, we're not going to bill your insurance company, sign these forms. And sometimes they probably don't even tell you. And they, you, you don't know what you're signing. They don't. This is like the ALS. You know, you know what ALS is? The administrative license suspension. Yep. The, the cops go to you and they say, you know, most people, you know, if you, if you take the test and blow over, it's only 90 days suspension, you know. I mean, it's only 90. But if you, if you refuse, it's going to be a year-long suspension. And then it's just this silence. They're like, well, well wait a minute, 90 versus a year. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll take the 90, take right? The no, the worst case scenario, 90 days. They don't tell Baited you. Baited right, and switched. That, that later on, it's all going to be the same. And, that, and they have no idea. I mean, you're, you're in the hospital, either your loved one's injured, and they're, they're shoving all these forms in front of you. And you don't know what they say. It's got all these legalese and legal terms, and you'll just sign anything. I mean, you trust these people who are taking care of you or your loved one, and you're like, yeah, I'll sign it. It's like the criminal lawyer that says, yeah, okay, well, I want to. You know, the police want to talk to me. I'm just going to go in and tell them what happened. It's like not a word. That's one on one. When you ring, it's like, have you signed anything right. yet? Do not sign anything. Do I don't care not. what it is. Let me see it before don't you sign. Don't sign. It. And I always tell people, don't talk to anyone. Just talk to me, and we'll go through it. And I can't tell you how many times. Oh, I signed a medical authorization, so now the entire insurance company can get all my records. I'm like, 
why'd you do that? They can get records from not even related <laughs> yeah. to the accident. You Remember when I said don't sign? Don't you sign, know? don't talk. It's almost <laughs> the same rules as you guys. Yeah, it's yeah. very similar. You know, you don't realize it, that the people that come as your friends aren't necessarily your friends. I mean, the doctors are there and they are, or the, the hospital people come in. And I think whenever they send the person with the coat and tie in, like the management with forms, you probably just shouldn't sign it. I didn't, when I was in the hospital after my motorcycle accident, I didn't sign anything. I told Troy, I said, don't pay anything. Don't do anything until we get it all worked out. Well, I mean, the thing is, they probably came in there when you were still unconscious. Oh, yeah. They came in and, and Troy's like, I don't know, you have to sign these. And I was like, I'm, I'm not able to sign anything at this point in time. Right. Yeah, well, there they, you go. They don't you like knew it. what to do. Right. I, I just had head injuries. I they get it. Yes. How am I going to read this? Yeah. And then injury, I told her too. Up. I was like this. I said, if anything comes, because, you know, she doesn't want to do the wrong thing. You know, I said, if a bill comes, you do not pay it until we work the bill out. Because if you start payment, you accepted the bill. Yeah. It's game on. Well, it's, and there's so many connections. It's like, how many times have we had these OVI cases where maybe somebody's hurt in an accident and they're sitting there and they don't really, they're not totally with it, but then an officer comes in and tries to Mirandize them and tries to get them to agree to things or sign things. There's so many connections like that. Yeah, there are. And it's funny that the, like the hospital, you would think that they're just there to take care of you, but they're there to take care of you and then get paid. Well, it's a business. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's mean, clearly a business. And I don't blame them for no, that. It no, it is. But everybody you talk not everybody, a lot of people you talk to, it's like, you know, like out in Johnstown, it's like there was this big movement, you know, hate the lawyers, personal injury lawyers. It was Bush who used to say, these, you know, these these injury lawyers, you know, they, they, they're, they're, they're the worst. Yeah. Like, you know, these, these, <laughs> these, these trial lawyers. And now I still sort of get that attitude a little bit when clients call with these problems. And I'll send them always to Dave, but it's like they start talking. I was like, listen, this is not about the lawyers taking all the money. And that's that's what was fascinating to me as I watched and you and I have worked on some cases, which is there's a pool of money. Often it's finite. So say there's $500,000 worth of money for a very major car crash. Well, I mean, what's the, I mean, some of these medical bills are going to be half that if they've had surgeries and all right. sorts of other stuff. And so it's really about allocating the funds a lot of times. That's exactly it. I mean, I, I've had a lot of clients and, and you've worked on the files with me, Steve, that, that you know, where the you know, client will have 100,000, 150,000 medical bills, yet the most that they can recover from the insurance company is 250,000. So now all of a sudden, are we really working for the insurance company to get them paid back because they write what we call subrogation? Or are we working for the client? So we have to negotiate with those insurance companies to knock down their bills so we can get the most amount of money for the client. It's not that we're raising insurance rates or screwing businesses over. We're actually doing more of a service to the to the client because they don't understand that that really, you know, these insurance companies just want to get paid back their monies, and it's frustrating. And when you're talking about insurance companies, let's be clear. So you've got, let's say, it's a car crash, and you got uh, the other guy who's at fault. The at fault driver's got auto insurance and liability insurance. Right. He's Right. He's got auto insurance, but a lot of times you then you have you have automobile insurance for that person and then you have health insurance for you. Our own health our, insurance. Our own, our own injured person who has been paying a premium for health insurance has their own health insurance. And most of the time their bills are paid by their health insurance company. Right. But their health insurance company, once they find out that they have a law a potential claim, then they are going to say, Hey, you have to pay us back for all the medical expenses if you recover any money from that at fault driver. 
and that's what we call right of subrogation. And that's where the hospital comes in because it seems like such a it seems like such a yes. If somebody came in and said, "Look, you, you don't want your insurance covering this," you know, we're gonna we're gonna have the other person's insurance. You're like, "Well, hell yeah, I don't want mine. This is BS, man. I'm not at fault." That's what everyone says. You're absolutely yeah. right. They but, say, oh, "I'm not at fault. Why should I run through my insurance company? They're gonna jack my rates up. I'm not doing that." Yeah, and then they sign. They say, "Okay, well now there." As I understand this, the hospital does not have an agreement uh, with the other person's auto insurance to bill less. Correct. To bill 500 instead of 1,000 for the MRI. So not only are they taking money out of your settlement pot, they're doing it at a rate that would be higher. Right. They're doing it at at what they typically would charge. Right. So for that, like I said earlier, that $2,500 MRI, they want $2,500 as opposed to the contractual rate of 500 bucks. That's insane to me, though. Well, like you own the machine. You have to press start. And it's 2,500 bucks to do that one time. And I've been through it. I've been through a couple MRIs. Well, it's like, you know, yeah, you know, you're gonna, you're there's 5,000, 6,000, 7,000. Those it, things are big. Those things are big. I know big. they're big. Okay, so it's a car. You've got to pay rent. So it's a car. How much, I mean, how many do they fit in there? So you got you got, you got got retail space, right? Okay. I mean, how many times are you running people through that a day? You got, you know what well, I mean? You're, I you're had paying, an MRI, it was, it was the next one was sitting in a bed outside the room going through. And not only do you have the charge for the machine, but don't forget you have the radiologist. That's a separate bill that you're paying the radiologist well, you, to interpret the image. Yeah, and you just said 2500 for the just, just I'm just, just talking about just, 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 just to put Jeff in there, hit the button and say, here they click, click, This click, is not like criminal click, cases click. we've had. It's like, how could you charge, you know, how could for, for, a, for a, a rub that you put on your shoulder to help you feel better? It's like, how could you charge $5,000 for that? It's uh, like, I well, mean, everybody else does. They do it. So, I mean, here, here's what it is. I mean, if you look at the... If you look at the institution, walk through a hospital and just look around at the, it's like a city. Somebody's got to pay for all that crap. And and then you've I got insurance it. companies beating them back. So if they get a chance to bill it, they're going to do it. I mean, this is a. I mean, my dad flew medevac and I get the exact number from them. You know, you hear all the times like $50,000 a flight. That's said My dad would be like this. Yeah, we get that $50,000 once every 20 flights. <laughs> You, you, you know, when you get it, when they don't have insurance and someone settles a personal injury case, that's when they'll get the 50000 That's yeah, right. Yeah. That my dad said, he's like, you hear it all the time on the news. He said, very rarely, very rarely would we ever get in that. But see, that, said, a but number that's of what's times, troubling. That's a what they're times, charging. They that's what get, they want. They, they wouldn't get paid. A number of times, they didn't even get paid for runs that they would do. But they didn't go broke. Well, because they got to get the 50 here and there. Because they've got to get the every so now and for every now fifty flights, they got to get it one time. So what you're time. championing is socialism, which is cool. I mean, if you're a socialist, that's okay. I'm not saying that, but <laughs> I mean, everybody should pay the same, no matter what. No, I'm not saying that, but let's pay what it let's pay what it costs to make a, to make somewhat of a profit, not be like so absorbent. All right, so well, now you're going to get me on my, pl- no, on no, my here's, political here's your insurance. Thing. You got to think about your insurance is only as good as your agent, okay? Because they're all the same. They're, you know, insurance package here, insurance package there. They're all the same. It's your agent. Like you said, I'm not going to call my. I got in the accident. I wasn't at fault. Why would I call my guy? I'm going to call my guy. I'm going to clue him in and let him know exactly where we're at and let him take care of it because that is what I've been paying that company for for all these months and nothing's gone on. And if you don't have an agent that's going to work for you, what's your opinion on that? I, no, I, I, you know, I always tell people if you have an agent, you should really talk to him or her about your insurance. Because a lot of agents don't know a lot about, especially when it comes to automobile insurance. They don't insure people, in my opinion, properly. So if you have a good agent, absolutely. And I always tell people, when you're in an accident, you can call your agent right away, and I agree with that. But then what you need to do is, is call us. I mean, Wouldn't it be better to just call you and you well, call the yeah. agent? That would be that what too. I would. No, that... I always tell people, people, you know, it's funny. When people are in a car accident, they can be hurt, but really they don't care about their injuries at that point. They care about their car. 
they care about because they're like, That's how so am I going to get to work? How am I going to get here? How am I going to pick up the kids from soccer? So, the, I mean, I've had clients who are like, you know, they have a limb falling off and they're telling me, what about my car? And so I'm like, so I agree. I mean, once you're in an accident, you call, call us or you, you call your agent right away and then you call us. You just tell them I've been in an accident and give them a little detail, you know, and then that's it. I like, I like Jeff's point. Call. Call Goldstein. Yeah, call yeah. your have lawyer him, and then have they him, will and call. Then, and then, yeah. then, then, the, then, then sit back. Here's the connection to criminal law. That's what it, we do. We'll it's call so the cop. True. Right. It, it, yeah. it's, it's the same thing we tell people. Mm-hmm. Just keep your freaking mouth yeah. shut, right? You can always talk later. You can always sign something later, but you yeah. can't unsign it once it's done. Yeah, that's true. And it's uh, that's what the hard part is. So when I've talked to people that I'm sending to Dave, it's like they're like, man, you know, the, I, let me let me go back. I want to I meant to say this. The same individual that I was talking about I, that I was there, I actually witnessed this, where the people at the hospital were saying, "Oh, you don't want to do that. You don't. Want, I mean, your lawyer's going to take all the money." And I was sitting there watching this. You know, I'm wearing a ball cap backwards. I mean, I wasn't, they didn't know. And I'm just thinking, this is crazy. Yeah. They're getting told the lawyer's going to take all the money. And I'm sitting there thinking, look, I know better. That's not what's going to happen. The funny thing is, it's probably not them trying to trick anybody. They've just probably been told that. They don't. And their perception is the lawyer's going to take all the money. Well, the lawyer's going to take the money into the trust account and then disperse it to the client, right? That's Mm -hmm. that's the. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it, and it, the lawyer's going to negotiate that hospital bu- bill down. So I mean, you know, and they don't like that, right? They don't yeah. like yeah. that. They want they want the fifty thousand for the med flight. Yeah. yeah. So the moral of the story is, I mean, people say, how do you represent criminals? I mean, we're the only line of defense when somebody in the government and the state of an officer or whatever, a municipality is overstepping. You can say, how do you be an ambulance chaser? It's like, well, you're representing your interests. Did you in... just call him an ambulance chaser? Is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah, man. Is that what I heard? <laughs> well, what I said was, how can you do that crap, you ambulance chaser? Da, da, da. I've yeah. heard it all before. <laughs> yeah, you've heard it all. That's no, funny. But it's but... like, yeah. I mean, those are those situations where it's like, well, your interests are well, being represented by those people in those horrible situations. And the other people that you think are helping you are not helping you at all. And that's absolutely true. And, you know, one of the other things I always tell people is we make your life easier. You know, your job is to get better. And I can't tell you, you don't want to be on a phone with the insurance company dealing with all that crap you don't want to be dealing with your vehicle no. trying to get it fixed you don't want to be dealing with you know dealing with getting calls from everyone you, dude you, you, has anybody experienced a wreck recently i had an accident you what last year my phone i i mean just the accident yeah. ticket getting written that day my phone ringing off the hook with with people wanting to fix the car asking i mean it was crazy how much my phone was ringing just from that yeah. just from a fender bender where nobody was I've hurt. been in an accident same thing and then if there's a police report you're going to get so much letters from different medical providers healthcare providers lawyers everything it's it's nuts it's crazy and there's going to be a lot of statements that are going to be out there that are just not true yeah well and you know some of the perception of it is driven sadly by lawyers right absolutely on tv screaming yelling i mean it it, it really is sort of like over promising oh, what you're going to get from a dollar figure i mean i can't tell you how many times i'll get someone call me up or an existing client and they'll say and we'll try to settle it the case and they're like oh well, my friend's cousin got you know two hundred thousand dollars for the same injury and i'm like well then maybe you should use their lawyer because that's just not a that's a good statement. response yeah. we get that too we get it all the time. Well, so and so committed robbery, and he's only doing one year. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're there right. was a new commercial I saw for a personal injury lawyer during the football game. I this, saw it. I, I'm not going to mention any names, but I rewound it so that my wife could watch it. It was uh, a little out there. Yes, it was basically uh, is it a local individual. Local, local individual. Yep. I'm sure nobody's uh, heard of him. I'm sure people would know the name, but it was essentially him in his office saying, well, then we'll see you in trial and slamming his phone down. And then the secretary like tossed him a football 
And he's like, I'm going to the game. <laughs> and then he walks out in a V-neck and, and has a high five in the parking lot. Like, we're going to the game. And if you get in trouble, call me kind of thing. And I mean, to each his own. But man, I just, like I said, I, I thought it was not the way I practice law. And I had some a few giggles and I rewound it so my wife could watch it. Well, I mean, no offense. And, and then you, so you've got that. But you're not going to see Mr. Goldstein doing that. You are that. not going to see me doing that. Come on, let's do one. We'll do it right down here at the 5 1. I thought he was recording the scooter. I thought you were getting on, I thought we were doing the Dude, scooters. The scooters? I had a I funny thought, scooter story. I thought you were going to get on the scooter and do so one. I happened to be, about a week ago, I happened to be driving around town. And uh, <laughs> it was Friday, and I'm heading home, and I look over, and there's this attractive blonde woman on a scooter, you know, dressed nice, like she's going to go to dinner. And I see eh, five, ten feet behind her, Mr. Goldstein chasing her on a scooter himself, riding the lines yes. through town. Yep. Yep. I, and I, I texted him. I said, man, you wouldn't believe me. I saw this personal injury lawyer chasing some blonde on a line. He was shooting the commercial. I think that was the commercial. Was so what was so funny is we, we, it was my wife and I, that was my wife, thank you. For, yeah. Uh, yeah. Beautiful and, blonde. And, and we, on your wife. We were, uh, on I lived down near the short north area. And so we were heading down the short north to go dinner and grab a couple cocktails. And so I heard someone yell. And my wife says, oh, someone was yelling at you. I'm like, no, I think they were yelling at you. I thought it was like a cat call. Yeah, it was like so, Goldie or something. I yelled something. Right. Yeah. And she, she thought she said Goldilocks. So, <laughs> no, she thought it was towards me. I thought it was towards her like some cat call. And, and so we were laughing. And then I got the, the text from Jeff that said, hey, nice. I saw a personal injury. Employer yeah. on one of the scooters. I mean, we have beaten the scooters to death here. I'm but they're fun. They're fun. so much fun. I'm going to get I mean, a lot. There, there oh, yeah. has to be something. So what is going to happen? I mean, is this like if I'm on the scooter... And this is maybe we're going to we're going to dovetail this with several topics, because if I'm cruising the scooter and I cause maybe a car to swerve and then kill somebody. Am I tapping now into like my umbrella insurance policy or how's this going to well, work? Well, there's already been a lot. To, uh, most in auto insurance policies, personal policies would exclude any coverage for you operating the scooter. It's, it's considered a two wheels. It, it just would not be covered. So you'd be basically you almost on have the to have like motorcycle insurance yeah, or something. Yeah, it almost like is a separate. I mean, I'm sure there's a company that's going to come out there with separate insurance for these young JB. Why over don't here. we do it? Why don't we start? Why don't we do some like reinsurance on scooters? There you go. I mean, you'll be able to. So here's you, a question I have from a personal injury perspective: If they write on there, you cannot operate this without a helmet. helmet. Does that? That's, I don't think it, it. You know what they're trying to do is is obviously the scooters are trying to absolve the company of any liability. So if you're on the scooter and you're not wearing your helmet and you fall off and crack your head and, you know, they're, they're trying to say, oh, we can't come after us. We told you. So it's, 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 it's a defense. It's not going to bar any claims. I mean, especially when you get on the scooters, when people are intoxicated. It's going to happen. You had had a check in agreement. You what do have to check with? agreement. Did you read through the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, I read through the whole thing. Not, be, be, I, on the bird, you were were you on a bird or were you on? I, I've a, been on both bird and lime. On the bird, you weren't allowed to to yell at people. Yeah. Were, you, no racist <laughs> slurs. No bad and, language. And, but as I read through it, I mean, no it was pages of pages. Getting aggressive. I was though. like, man, they went through and wrote down everything. But when you get on those, you lose your inhibition. You they do. are so much fun. They're yep. so much fun because you just come free, and it's just. The laws just stop applying they do. in your mind. They really do. They stopped with me. I had an absolute blast with it. I mean, and those things can fly. I mean, I was in a parking lot, like, you know, doing almost like donuts with them. They're so yeah, what did you say you got it up to? I, we were going down Broad Street on the sidewalk, 20 mile an hour. On, yeah. the, on the line, they got the speedometer up there, and it said 20.1. And it's it, pretty fast. It, it was fast. It's I, fast. I wouldn't have been able to stop. I went through, I blew through it in an yeah, intersection. that's right. You said that. And, and if... 
if, if the timing was worse, it could have been a lot yeah. worse. Well, I was walking back from court the other day, and I couldn't believe I saw somebody fly by in a lime, and she had her face down by the handlebars, like she was like trying to be aerodynamic she didn't or get something. Get rid of the drag. So she's running in the road, like I'm talking, not on the side, like in the lane, like I'm I'm traffic. So she's running, and this car comes up behind him, and I'm kind of giggling. He just lays on the horn, like get out of my way. She jumps off, almost falls, like kind of does one of the trip things where she picks the thing up, and she's like, "Screw you!" He swerves around her, goes flying by. I'm like, dude, this is like. This is what's the Mad were, Max? Were you on this the sidewalk like or were you in the road? I've been on both, but obviously now the city of Columbus just passed an emergency legislation that says you have to ride them on the street. No, where, did you, where, did, where did you feel better? Where did you feel better? I felt safer on the sidewalk. I feel safer on the sidewalk. Yeah. Which I had an insider there's, on there's this. There's no mirrors. No. And so you don't know. What's like you said, so, right. if someone's coming up on you, what if they don't see you? They're texting. At least if you got something you can glance behind you. On my bike, I'm glancing behind me all the time because I don't want to get rear-ended. Yeah. Or... There's no turn signal. There's nothing. You have to. It's almost like when you're on a bike, you got to use those, which no one ever you're, remembers. Well, you right, you have I use hands on the thing, right? right. Well, I'm yeah. going to tell you, it's I a little a squirrely. A it, yeah, you, it's you really kind of want two hands on it because it's a small tire. Crap. It is. It is squirrely, <laughs> and that's the thing. I felt much safer on. The, I like riding them on the sidewalk. I liked it on the sidewalk. I mean, you have to watch for the you know the watch for. But somebody I talked to at court today said they didn't understand because. The mayor is passing legislation, essentially, it's, it, it's and an the emergency. city is not. Yeah, it's like an emergency. Ginther. Can they even do that? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's a rulemaking. Well, what does I'm, that I'm mean? I'm sure there's going to have to be some ratification of it later, right? Yeah. Right. Well, and, you know, a lot of cities have already banned them, like Bexley, um, Grandview. Grandview, I think, did. Arlington. Yep. Somebody Cincinnati told me you could just ride gave it. the lime the go-ahead. They just, but now, once again, they're, I don't know what our permits in Columbus cost, Uh Bird paid $30 million to the city of Baltimore for permits to uh, run their company. I know that uh, Cincinnati smokes. is charging. I don't know what the what the total was, but they charged the Lyme, and Lyme is set up there. Now, does that, give, does that open up the court of claims when somebody gets hurt? You've got the city sanctioning it? No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't believe that will happen, but well, I, I'm just waiting. We, we are, and it's funny you bring it up. I'm waiting for the case to get the call from someone who was injured on the bird or Lyme and then going after the company and, and then also, you know, whoever struck them. Yeah, sure. Was That's involved. it, too. If I'm driving along and the guy gets squirrely because he waves it, he's like, Ricky! <laughs> right. And, he, and his handlebars scrape the side of my car. Or that. No, no injury, just a big scrape. And then what do I do whenever he takes off? Right. I'm like, hey, you're, you're man. Right. Will you send me that video of the person? Didn't you send it to me, the person... Losing it and bashing into the back of that SUV. The back of a car. Yeah. We got a video. We saw, man, I'm pretty sure it's 270. Some, oh, yeah. Somebody Somebody's riding on 270 with that. Do you have that Cut, cut oh, in right. the middle. Yeah, pull that up, Jeff. Yeah, we're have. talking on there. We'll find it. So right. I get nervous riding in heavy traffic on my motorcycle. This kid is running down, and it looks like, a, I mean, it's Columbus. I can't really pick the road, but 270, 315 doesn't it matter. It looked like the inner belt crossing over there by children. Yes, that's what it looked like. Yeah. And wow. he's, he's, he's splitting the lanes. Now, but here's the thing. On my bike, when a car goes by you, there's wind draft. Mm -hmm. Okay, and a semi can suck you in. You can get pulled around. If you're on something light like that and somebody kicks by you, it could it could pull you into their lane. And, then, and Is it that strong on a bike? I'm not, I've never ridden a motorcycle on a, on a highway. But it, it'll pull you. Like, I'm, I'm you picturing can, a semi, like, sucking you under the... Like, feel, feel, you, you feel it in your car whenever something comes by and it kind of makes oh, yeah. you, pulls your car in. Yeah. yeah, that happens on the bike. Huh. And and so uh, it, it, that makes me nervous. Can you imagine? A scooter? I mean, you can't, how can you have a scooter? I mean, that must have been like I don't know some right. dare or something. I'm sorry, I'm cutting deals. So now that we're, it, it, if I've got, I, I'm, I'm curious to know if my umbrella coverage will cover me on the scooter. 
But it brings up another point because we got we I want to I want to try to get what I'm trying to do is hit all the things that people don't know or should know. Here we go. Wow, that's insane. Right. It's that's literally crazy. somebody like well, on like, the like side of two seven. For the record, running. we are now watching Jeff's cell phone. Wow, with who, who a took scooter. that? I, is that your brother? No, no that's, sent it to your brother. that's just it's on uh, it's on Instagram. If you go to uh, Barstool Ohio State on Instagram. That is crazy. You're going to see about four of those, though, based on just scooters alone. Look at this one. This is, I can't yeah, tell what. This is Kappa Sigma here, here in Columbus. That sounds like something And he's else. basically doing a huge bunny hop oh, off yeah, of the porch of Kappa Sigma. Well, and these are, are loaded with uh, lithium-ion batteries. I think they're running the 18650s. I sell these products in my store. I've seen posts where people have cut cut the bikes in half and stolen the batteries because inside of one of those there's probably two hundred dollars worth of batteries showing him another one this is an ohio state football game literally yeah, he's course. in rain gear bunny hopping and just, just taking it. a face well, the other thing i heard i don't know if you heard, heard about this in other cities in other cities people are idiots they're cutting the brakes so they're oh, cutting the brakes so you're man. on it so i've been now testing and everyone should if you go on these <laughs> test the brake first they're wow, cutting the brakes cut so you get brakes. on it they're cutting the brakes Cut like if I was doing, lock, like when I was going down Broad tw- Street, twenty miles an hour, no brakes, no brakes. So they're cutting. And you come up on traffic. You, you, I mean, you think you gotta I, lay it down? Gotta lay it down. Yeah, you gotta yeah. lay it down. But there's people that are gonna freeze. They, they're they're gonna, not gonna, they're gonna, gonna be able to bail. Like, yeah. So yeah, so people are cutting the brakes. So I read, I read an article wow. about that. Not here yet. Hopefully, no one will. You just now, give well, everybody now. Now, now that they're no, no, I'm giving the safety tip. Check, check the brake line. Is it just is it just the speed that's causing this? Because they've had rentals for bikes for a long time, and nobody ever complained about those. This this is different. This is different than a bike. I'm telling you, you guys haven't been on it. It is. It's like a high i'm telling you it, <laughs> I, I, right it, it is a high it, i don't understand i can't explain it it's I, like it's like the first time you're on a roller coaster when you were a kid it's like the greatest thing ever and they're so much fun there's so much fun i, I was t- i think we need to take the podcast outside sometime it's, and it's go gonna happen and and but you what because I, I was like i can't believe these people are doing this they're yep. driving like fools and then you know what i started doing immediately like doing what i couldn't believe people were doing and driving like a fool because you are like 12 years old yep. you're like just Wee! free you're like yes free <laughs> not a care in the world it is and, and a lot of times you're taking this somewhere fun like I, like I said we'll take you to the short arc to go a little day drinking or some some fun that way no you know, I know sure and and I see the what would be good on it like if you had to run a court and 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 you're running late and it's hot and you're in your suit boom, I was just I was down at there. federal court actually um and I got done and I was like should I walk back because I don't there's no parking down there and I, I found a bird and I bird back here that'd be perfect for you for federal court. I mean we do that all the time I yeah. like, everybody come pick me up I never thought about burden it back yeah. at the last Ohio State game I looked up I had the app and when the game was starting out I said I want to see how many bikes are over there and there were over 500 listed oh, yeah on the lime app and it was right in front you can see where they're all yep. lined up right in front of the stadium Sometimes you go down there and you don't have a parking place. You might be parking up at Hudson. You know, you might be walking down a ways. And if you've got to grab one of those scooters and... They're great. I don't know. The first Ohio State game, I lived down in that area. And we we were going to take limes to go down the short north or birds. The birds had this, what we call the red area of death. I don't know this. They blocked out the area. Birds were not working the oh. first Ohio State game. They shut them all down. And they said, oh, we're shutting it down to the game. But they extended that into the short north. So... Like, we'd find a bird and try to sign up for it. Wouldn't work. And so, but the limes were working. So I guess there was a ton of complaints 
voice to Bird, and then the next home game they unlocked them all. I don't know if they were concerned about traffic. We weren't sure. Well, they listened to our podcast. They, Maybe that's it. They were worried they, about they, it. They, we, we warned the world. But they freed about, the birds. Well, we were we were riding down there. We, we went down free to, bird. to the side of the river to the park there, so we rode them all along the river. And there was a big sign that said no scooters that we rode right by. And my <laughs> one friend's phone died because and, and it shut it off. Yep. Because he couldn't charge it. So we were way out there, too. I mean, you think about now, I mean, I notice them all over, but now instead of noticing them because people aren't, I sit there and calculate how much money these companies are making. Oh, I, now, that was it. We were coming down here to the 511 studio, and I saw them starting to set up, and I kept talking about these guys. And I I realized I, I, I'd be do a lot of buying and selling through Chinese companies. And I was like, man, they're cranking these out in Xinjiang, China right now. And I was thinking about... If you're that company or I don't are they is it a whole company or is it franchised out? I don't know. But the but the amount they're buying them in, I can't see them being over fifty seven. I think it's a, a company because I think they got I, I think Bird and Lime, what I said is that, you know, they had the, the infuse of capital from these funding companies. So I think they're two entities and what's and it's a great deal, you know. Yeah. Hey, people go pick them up and we'll pay you to charge them. I mean, Dude, it's, it's like they, Uber and Lyft. Yeah. You literally just, when you we have time, go charge yourself. them up. Did we, yeah. did we talk about this? I was going to, after we talked to somebody about it who was a charger. And, yeah, my, uh, my brother sent me an article of somebody that was making like charge 15, made a couple hundred bucks. It took me four hours. Yeah. It was like. You can bring them in here to the five one. I wonder what the, wonder what you have the to electrical get, cost. It's not, it's nothing. They said it's, it's pennies. So pennies. you bring them in no, and then you yeah. have to put them in a, a location. Like I know there's always a bunch in front of our office. You just have to put them in a certain location. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unplug my cube computer and use that big. Uh, <laughs> that big just, power strip. Just, just plug in all well, of them. Well, it's not like you're paying for electricity here. Yeah, sense. right. Hook into your neighbor's your neighbor's yeah, outlet your neighbor's outside outlet. on his porch. Yep. I'll put some solar panels up on a roof. Yeah, but I've been asking. I, I wanted to report back for everyone. I've been asking prosecutors, like, dude, tell me you've got an OVI on one of these things yet? And they're like, no, we don't. He goes, the only case we've had on one right now is somebody stole a purse on one. So somebody drove Measure. by, went whipping by, ripped it off her arm, and took off. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that happening. Too. Well, he got we, caught. We, we, we talked about that. I talked about yeah. a couple of things off the mic that I'm not going to bring up because I want to give people the bad idea. So I get home after that, and I start looking up the electric scooters. And I forget. It was, this one's like the Hummer Wum. I forget the exact company that makes it. 35 miles an hour, dual disc brakes. It can collapse down. And I was like, man, I want to buy one of these. And, and and keep it in the trunk of my car so so that if you park somewhere, it goes somewhere, you can unfold it and, and zip around. I If I lived in town, man, I'd probably have an run? electric scooter. Well, run? But if you lived in town, you this just one, This one, it had dual shocks. It had different – I mean, it was, it was the, the best one that I could find, the best reviews. It was like $1,400. The question is, what would it cost for one of those – in relation to what you pay daily if you really race well, them every day. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like I said, I live downtown, so I, I do hop on them. But, you know, I, it's nice that I can go somewhere and just leave it there. As, you know, if I buy that's, it once, that's the point. Thing. I got to lock no, it up. Yeah, that's you, a good point. You, that's, that's the whole fun of it is yeah. that you pick it up, you leave it. You're not worried about it. You're not well, locking it up. you may be going up. with somebody in a car later. You know what I mean? You don't right. have to worry about or it. Or just yeah. hovering if it rains or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You go pick yeah. up a pressure cooker. You pop it on there right. and zip yeah. it down. Instapot. What's going to happen with a pressure cooker? Is that guy going to win? Yeah, I, I believe he he's will. represented by Dave. So yeah, I, I mean, how does it work if you're a? See what I did? I just switched the subject. We got the did. scooters. See what I did there? That was good. Nice yeah. segue. That was a segue. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. So we uh, we started with the pressure cooker, but you said you said opt in, opt out. I got one of these for like I could settle for a dollar twenty nine. Right. 
you, you get all these things like about class actions, right? Something. You get something from a class action, and you, if you're a member of the class, have an option to what we call opt-out, which means you're not part of the class, you're not part of the settlement. You have to send in, usually you have to send in written notification to a certain address. It's all posted. And so if this guy would not have opted out, if he had not hired us to opt out, he probably would have got, a, I don't know what the settlement was, but maybe a $50 coupon for a new pressure cooker. Yeah, yeah. And so instead, and he would have been barred from pursuing his personal injury claim. So is there a bright line? I guess you probably don't know until you look at the case, opt in or opt out. So most of the time it's, unless you have significant damages, you might as well not opt out because most attorneys wouldn't take your case. You know, like there's the Ticketmaster thing. I was, I, I use Ticketmaster like most of you. Ticketmaster got sued in a class action and I didn't opt out. And so I get like you know, five dollars off my next ticket master. Yeah, shorty got fifty bucks. I got those Riker, letters. Riker, yeah. Riker, she released yeah. a car, and they got so, caught up in something, and she got a fifty dollar check. So really, it's it, most of the time there's no reason to opt out unless you have significant damages. Yes, yeah, so your client, mm-hmm. they weren't going to pay his hospital expenses. He was just going to get. He was going to get whatever. It's whatever the the court. And the parties agreed and the court approved. That's what the settlement would have been, which I, I don't remember what is off the top of my head, but he wasn't getting any really monetary compensation. Gotcha. How, ba- how badly did he get injured? He he got he has scars on his face, but it's not terrible. I mean, it's not – luckily it, it I mean, healed. depending on what's in that pot. I mean, that's like napalm. He had some juice oh, right, right yeah. at you. Right. And so – and he's African-American, so he's got some of the blotches on his chest as well because it came through. So some, some discoloration, <laughs> so – I always take it and run hot water. I mean, not hot water. Just spray it with water or run your, your faucet over it. And that's where I've always wondered. I've seen these electric pressure cookers. They're like crock pots. Mm-hmm. You can plug them in. And that those worry me because what if it's – because they'll say safe to open like like your yeah. your guys was and it was not safe to open. Even if I think it's it's the pressure has gone, I throw it in my sink, let some water run on it. Then you then it's going to cool it down you enough to where you. Can, I always do yeah, that. Yeah. I, well, you've been my, enough around a kitchen and knives and all sorts of things. You know what happens. We've, in kitchen. I've seen large pressure mm-hmm. cookers we've used. You know to mm-hmm. to deep fry in. Mm-hmm. I mean that was the original get go there with like KFC. A, like a, the deep fry pressure oh. cooker. K- KFC. That that's well. that's how that's cringing. That's that's the original it. KFC. You can smell it. You come in and you can smell it in the house when it's been cooking like that. To me. It's just it's just this grease fog when it's in those things because I I worked at a a deli when I was in man freshman in high school or freshman in college and we did the seal it is that what you're talking about the seal chicken the seal deep fryer well that is a style I mean that's like, that's, like, that, like, that's like the big one yeah. you would put put the yes. fried chicken in and seal the lid and crank it down yep. you know that's what I mean? that's the same style yeah just larger yeah. version but Dave, what I'm most interested in for you is. Can you tell us? I mean, I know you got pending cases. Can you tell us like the craziest civil lawsuit you've been involved in? The crazy, like just odd. <laughs> like we've all heard of them. Heard of the McDonald's coffee spill? See, I don't think that's all that crazy though. I mean, the McDonald's thing, maybe you, you can tell. But well, I, no, I the think Mc- there was some... I, we've talked about. You ever this. had Mc- anybody find an ear? And uh... I've had I've had food adulteration cases. That's what they call them. And food I've had adulteration. I, I've had where a, a woman. Um, I did not represent her. I was actually on the other side representing the um, basically restaurant where she bit into something and said there was a Band-Aid in there. (laughs) And she then went to the hospital and she was claiming she got hepatitis from this Band-Aid. And so it was a long litigation, but I ended up getting our client out of it because the Band-Aid was white. And typically restaurants, when their employees have a cut, they use like a blue Band-Aid or a red Band-Aid. Yeah. So 
and she didn't have hepatitis. It was from something else. But that was the that was that was a fun. Do you get case. a lot of those calls where it's like food related? I, I get I just a lot found... of calls from people who are like, "Oh, I just bit into something and I don't know what it is." And most of those cases are not strong cases because you know you you could go to a fast food restaurant and bite into a piece of chicken and there might be a bone in there. And the, there's there's rulings out there that say, well, that's you know, it, it's not it's an inherent risk. It's not like yeah, you're eating chicken. You're eating chicken. It's, it's it can happen. It can in happen. With soup. I mean, you can have a bowl of and soup, it, and there could be a chicken bone in it. it. It just happens. But I get a lot of calls about that, and, and people, you know, and then of course I always say, did you save what it was? No, I threw it out. Well, then how do we know what it was when <laughs> right. it was? And and so those usually cases you do get calls. You get calls from the people who who have interesting questions about that. I've gotten people who've called, opened up a can of. Of green beans and there's you know they'll say oh there's spiders in there I'm like okay did you eat it no well what's your damages just throw the <laughs> you can take it back to the grocery store and get I was gonna say I know that's get bigger sixty nine cents but you yeah know. that's so, why those cases are relevant because people think they just think well if that happens to me I can get a million dollars now sometimes yeah. though and I remember the Wendy's finger chili. Yeah. the finger they found in the out chili? Out in California. And it was all over the news, and it hit it hard. And then they finally found out that it was like her mother-in-law she had up. cut off her finger oh and my. by accident at home. So they take it to Wendy's, order chili, put the finger in the chili. And, my gosh. You know, That's I mean, correct. What do they do, like DNA testing to figure this they out? They did. They did all this testing because no employees had any missing fingers. They went to the plant. No one had any missing, you know, unlike you, Steve. Oh, we're going to um, talk about that next. So, time, yeah. so the, and, and, it's, and then Wendy's, actually, they once they found this out, they, they filed, obviously, a counterclaim that, to get their damage because they said their reputation was hurt. But, of course, the people have no money. So you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, you're not going to ruin my Didn't somebody claim, yeah. like, a deep-fried deep fried uh, mouse or rat or yeah. something and a chicken nugget years yeah. ago too something like that Remember and then that. and then i don't know if you know there was recently a lot of things like against i don't know if it was subway or one of them where they're saying they're not using certain products you know like they say that this is our turkey or roast beef and it's not the quality that they say yeah. i mean like taco, bell. Like yeah. taco bell taco bell, taco, yeah, bell for that. taco bell with the meat or, it's like or, half soy but yeah. taco bell denied it so you get these crazy cases and taco bell is just delicious we all know that it's especially delicious after 1 a.m now, you know, Eric had a Fourth class meal. action idea. Oh, I know. Before, before <laughs> Have we talked about this before? I don't know if we've talked about this before. Maybe yeah. we did. Eric's class action idea. You know, when you go pump gasoline. and <laughs> Jared hasn't heard it. So say that you paid for a premium. Eric's philosophy was that the premium starts at the, at the beginning of of the fill tube. So what you're saying is that the tube already has some loaded from the previous person. It's our, the, tube, the tube to the handle, the dispensing handle, just has regular gas, but you paid for premium. And Eric, I think, texted Dave one time and said, we're going to be millionaires. Mm-hmm. This is our next class action because everybody that's paying for premium gas is really just getting regular gas. And well, he, uh, well, a portion of regular gas, right? Very, yeah. Not, not yeah, for well, me. I, you know, what I, I thought hold, he was I hold, saying. I hold my hand on I the thought, flap and I empty out that hose. Yeah. What I thought he was saying was, <laughs> when I thought, this maybe I have a different understanding. I thought that he was saying, I paid for some of the gas in the tube. You see what I'm saying? The, no, no, no. The, the tube filled up and because my tank is now full and I've shut it off. Everybody knows if you squeeze that the, the thing again, you get a little bit more gas out of it. 
So I, I've, I've, I've paid for gas I didn't get. I thought that's what his Maybe class that was action the was going to be. I do remember the one with Steve where he was saying that a portion of his car is now getting regular gas as opposed to premium. Yeah. <laughs> what, I don't know how many milliliters, whatever. Like We all you know. know that's fool's right. gold anyway. Right. Right. Jared's over there I think there this happened when he showed up in. with his – he bought he's, – he's going out to get a new car and he bought a Saab convertible. That's right. I drove it one time. Like a 90-something Saab convertible. I'm like, what, was it a 90? It might yeah, have been 2000. Was, I, don't I don't think it was I was like, dude, what are you doing with that? And it was wintertime, too. Yeah. That's when I, the first time I drove it, I was a clerk. And I don't remember, we weren't busy or something. But he's like, dude, I hate to do it to you, man. I'm not trying to be a dick. Can you go fill my gas tank? <laughs> like, did he say regular gas or did he make you buy premium? I don't remember I mean, if he said premium or regular. I, I think that car yeah. took, like, it, like, he read the specs and it, they told him to use premium gas or something. So he's getting all pissed off that he had to use regular gas in it. Or he's getting a little, <laughs> little the fill too <laughs> full <laughs> of regular <laughs> gas. Over the lifetime, you never know. We better not. We better not publish this one because we're giving away this class action idea to the other entrepreneurs. Uh, I, I think we're safe. We're probably safe. Uh, on that. We'll yeah. pass on this one. This yeah. class action. So, what are the other mistake? The other mistake I think people make all the time that I see, and this happened recently. I was working on a case. I still am working on it, and it was a professional was in an accident, was responsible, would cause the accident, and the amount of insurance that he had was almost laughably low like had no coverage mm. and that's and that's the thing i was talking about when jared brought it up about your agent i tell i get clients all the time different professions different you know f- you know financial status different classes and it's unbelievable that people don't properly insure themselves and and here's what i tell people in ohio the statement that you have to cover is 25000 it's called 25,000, 50,000, which means if you hurt someone in an accident, the most that they can recover is 25,000, which is really low. I mean, we already talked about hospital bills and what that can be. I tell people that they should, all, what, it's what you can afford, but if you can get at least 100,000, there's 100,000, 300,000, it's really not that much more from the state minimum. And you should always purchase what we call uninsured, underinsured motorist coverage. And what that is, is that is coverage that if the person you, if someone hits you and they don't have insurance, they don't have a lot of insurance, you can go after your own insurance company for that uninsured, underinsured motorist coverage. They can't raise your rates. And you wouldn't believe how many people are out there who cause accidents who are don't have insurance or are what we call underinsured. Yeah, they got the $25,000. Right. So it doesn't mean you have to have Right. It. And so, and the uninsured, underinsured coverage is dirt cheap. If you go and, and pull your insurance or call your agent and say, how much am I paying for uninsured, underinsured? It's usually like $30 a year to get that coverage. And so you have to have it. I tell people no matter what, get it. And it has to match usually what, it can be less, but it usually matches what your your what we call your liability. That's if, if you're at fault, what that would be. So if I've got like 100, 300, and I buy you coverage or underinsured or uninsured coverage, right. it's generally 100. It's generally, it's well, it's, it's it's usually matches your limit. So if you have 2550, it could be 2550, yeah. but that's very low. But I always, even if you can only afford the state minimum, spend the extra $10, $12 to get that uninsured, underinsured coverage. It, it is... It is well worth it. I can't tell you how many clients come into me and the other person that hit them and caused their injuries don't have insurance. I go, oh, and they go, oh, we had insurance. And then I look and they didn't have uninsured, uninsured, and they didn't spend the $12. So how does an agent, so this is back to you, Jared. It's like, how does your agent let that happen? I think agents and some agents just don't care. They just don't review coverages with their clients. They just want to make a sale or someone just calls in and says, I want a policy. They need to sit down. You know, you need to take the time if you have an agent to sit down with your agent and say, Here's my financial status. What do I need to do to protect myself? This is this is going to be back to my indictment of the new millennial system. With a lot of people just go online, 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 I mean, online and I, I have an agent. 
you know, and, and recently, every year I renew my business, you know, and he came into the business. I got to sign all this. He goes through my inventory, a smash and grab. How much do I want to insure in this back stock? And he was sitting there and, and, and I have to sign a bunch. And, he's, and he laughingly said to me, he's like, oh, do you want uh, active terrorism insurance? I'm sure you don't want that. And I held up my hand. I said, well, let's talk about that. So how much is it? It's an extra $50 a month. And I said, I'll was take it. a it. month or a year? I mean, a year. It was, a, it, was 50 for, it was 50 for the year. And I was like, I'll take it. And he kind of looked at me. He's like, an active terrorist? I said, you won't believe this, but it happened to a friend of mine. I was Nazareth Deli. Hanny, whenever that came in, here's the thing. This he, is the machete he, case. The machete case. Mm-hmm. He did not have terrorist insurance. And they called it an act of terrorism. And some people, guy came with a machete, cut people up. He had to have a hazmat crew come in to clean his restaurant, to clean it up there. All the damage, the food loss, and all the loss the insurance would normally cover if it was a rainstorm, if the power went out, and his coolers wouldn't run. They co- loss of business probably, right? They, they yeah, covered, the down time. They covered nothing. They cover nothing because it was an act of terrorism. And, and that's exactly what Jared just said is right. It's like, listen, you know, if the agent says, oh, you know, how much is it? Just you, you never know, especially in today's times. And, and you know, if it's if it's $50 a year, that, that's, you know, for a business, that's nothing. For, for my business, that was that was a, that was a nothing add-on. Right. $50 for the year. Right. It's, I don't know what it would. And, and it could, you know, domestic terrorists. God forbid some guy comes into your store and he, he he's anti-whatever and he just yep. he, he lights off a bomb and, or does something or, or whatever. And now it's just become popular to define things as terrorism right as right. opposed to a crime and, and yeah. especially an insurance right. company might define it so they don't have to provide coverage. That's exactly well, exactly right. so, so that was an act of terrorism you don't have the coverage this is like I get, you know this is sort of it's not about uh, liability necessarily but I, you know how many lawyers i know do not have disability insurance like oh. we're out on our own doing our things like and, and they don't have disability insurance they're like this yeah, happens you know, to me we know it's like th- it's like two hundred dollars you know it's like two hundred dollars a month i'm like listen dude what if you get hurt and can't go to work? Who's covering right. for you and paying you? I've had disability insurance when I started my own practice uh, about 20 years ago. And I paid it, never had to use it, thank goodness. But it's just what you said. It's just you set the overhead just, right. and you run with it. You never need it till you need it. Right, I kinda, exactly. I kind of got burned on that a little bit. I had, um, what do I have, disability insurance? You had the, long-term. You didn't have short-term. Yeah, so when yeah. I got sick, I had a stroke mm, eight years ago or so. I couldn't. I wasn't out of work long enough to, to be able Usually to, to that collect. 90-day time period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but imagine I mean, if I'm you not were. getting screwed. What if imagine, it imagine if I was, yeah. And you didn't pay for it. Well, you didn't pay for the, that. But this, it's back to those questions, right? So you've got you to gotta opt in or opt out. And when you're trying to, when you're getting cheap, when your insurance man or gal is sitting there right. and you're saying, I don't know, an extra 50 for that and like, just say yes. But And Jared made a great point. You know, a lot of people now are online. You see the commercials for eSurance, Safe Auto, um, The General. All those companies now are online. You can ask them. When you call in, ask them. I mean, you can do your research online and Internet to see what best serves your need. If you don't want to go to an agent, you just want to insure with a click. But just I always tell people, Get the most insurance you can insurance you can afford, and get that uninsured underinsured. Yeah, but you're not you're not saying you shouldn't buy it online. You're saying those people that, online will saying. actually answer questions. Yeah. But here's the problem: the 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 new millennial doesn't do they don't operate that way. It's like I'm still the guy that would rather sit in an office and talk to my insurance person and say, "Let's go get lunch. We'll talk about insurance for a bit and see what I need." Well, even if they don't want to talk to anyone, at least then go on your computer and do research. How much insurance do I need? You can type that in, or you know. You know, you can call an agent if you don't, if you want to speak to someone. It doesn't mean you have to go with that person, but yeah. just do something and make sure that you have proper insurance. Because I can't tell you, again, so many clients come to me, they're hurt, 
They've got medical bills. They come to me. I review everything with them. I go, there's no pot here to collect from. You try to find, find pots that you can collect from, pots of insurance. And if the other person had a low limits or no insurance and you have no insurance or you don't have uninsured, uninsured, you're not going to collect what, what you deserve. Yeah. And that's... And well, then, I had a custom-built bike. I'm, I built the bike. Uh, I was with Progressive. I'll announce their name out there. But when you do custom builds, they will only give you liability. They will not, they will not give you full coverage. It got stolen like one foot from my garage in my driveway. And once again, liability there. So I knew the bike insurance was nothing. And the homeowner's insurance were like, if it was in your garage, you, we would have it. But on your property, it doesn't. So then I asked him about my lawnmower. I said, my lawnmower is sitting in the front yard and somebody drives into my yard and runs it over. They're like not covered. It has to be in a shed or it has to be in, it has to be inside someplace. Where you have to start adding things like personal articles, policies. There's all sorts of, I mean, under your homeowners or renters insurance, there's so many crazy different things. See, I know enough to ask. I did that. I have uh, different things of, of value. Like, like, say you get engaged and you have a nice ring or something. Mm. Get the get the insurance. Don't get it on your own if you're the guy because that usually doesn't cost anything. But the, the yeah, uh, actually, if you're a guy and you're wearing a metal wedding ring, take it off. Everybody. My experience has been if you have general insurance that a lot of times you just have to tell them what you have in your house. You know what I mean? Like if you have general homeowners right. insurance, if you buy a ring and it's like, yeah, it's going to be in my house, I'll, I think my insurance company just said, yeah, we'll, we'll know. Well, it. Give it, us the receipt. It depends there's on your limits. There's a value. Right? There's limits. Yeah. Like like a lot of times if you are if you don't have what we call a rider and additional coverage for that, they have in your original homeowner's policy, you have limits like $1,000 for jewelry and watches. But then you can get a rider saying, okay, I now have this diamond ring. I have this. And they'll insure up to like 15 or 20 or whatever amount that you want. So, and people don't know that. People just don't know. They think, oh, my jewelry's covered. I've got homeowners. But then they read their policy, which no one ever reads. And it says $1,000 is the most that we'll pay for jewelry if it's stolen. Yeah. And again, an agent, you, a good agent would yeah, ask that question. Agents right? know that question. Yeah. But if you're doing something online or you don't know to ask those questions, you, you got to be up, careful. End up SOL. Speaking of homes, I had a guy call the other day and something happened at his house where it got robbed, but an insurance company refused to pay him what they probably owed him because he failed to set his security alarm. I haven't heard that one. So he had a security alarm in place, good, full-blown, but he forgot when he left. And, and he, then they claimed... So he was getting the discount had, then because he had... Yeah, so, yeah but, yeah, but, yeah, but, but they can't deny coverage for that. There's not a denial. They, they could they could red flag it. And there's certain things insurance companies, when you submit a large claim, they'll put... If they think it's suspicious, they put red flags on it. You know, there's yeah. uh, indicators that there could be fraud or insurance fraud. And one of them is, okay, I had a theft, but I forgot to put my alarm on or my cameras were shut off. I don't think there's a most Maybe homeowners on hold. Most homeowners policies I've ever read don't have an exclusion that if you don't turn on your alarm because I have an alarm, or sometimes I'll leave I forget to turn it on. So I, it's interesting that that's someone that should be referred. I think I did. I mean, I'm sure he's fine now. You probably already helped. Like, I'm slipping. Right. I'm going to slip my public service announcement into the podcast now. If you're a guy, I said it before. If you're a guy, holding my hand up. Ring and Goldstein's you, you with two it. Two idiots are doing it. Jared I doesn't. To, I used to be an idiot. Why? Because no, what happened oh, to him? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it will cut your finger off or deglove your finger. Yeah. Before you even know it. How much money did you guys make on that one? Yeah. Let's see. I oh, contributory. You know what I, probably. Yeah. <laughs> that was the jackass clause in yes. the five eleven South High Insurance policy. But no, I, I, I fell off a ladder. My ring caught a uh, 
a railing. I almost cut my finger off. It's it's caused a lot of damage. The usage isn't the same. Do they know about that? Have we put that one out? No. Talking we, about we your fall? We tried to. We tried no. to, and it, we had some technical difficulties on that one. Yeah. I tell you, the office, the stairwell looked beautiful when I came up that weekend. I mean, it looked like you know one of those modern art paintings where someone just splashes paint all in the walls. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like 15 feet up in the air, and I, I got a I, can of paint I, in my I th- hand. I thought I was in the right. Other. I thought I was in New York City, and like you know. I cleaned up the blood. Was it Bansky? Isn't that the painter who goes around and no one knows where he is who paints stuff? Do you guys know who Bansky is? I don't know. Yeah, I've heard it. Jackson I, Pollock. I, I, yeah. That's what I yeah. thought. I at least cleaned up the blood. Well, I, I heard your public service announcement, but also you can take my public service announcement, which is if you don't do any work whatsoever, like I can't fix anything or do anything, I don't have to worry about it. I don't. That. I right. can't I mean, either. You can just do nothing your entire life and never get anything done. It's great. Well, I hire people. <laughs> Telly gets I, that ring caught up on the lime. Yeah, no, well, whenever, there you go. whenever you're going around the corner and yeah. somebody cut his brakes, he's got no brakes going around. He's jamming on the brakes. Now, guess what happened? The lever before the brake just got caught it's up got in the caught, rain. Right. It'll happen. A shopping cart will get you. Somebody I've heard of people getting it hurt on a top shelf. I had a, we had a client, uh, not on this matter, but a different matter. He showed up with half a finger and he lost it doing work uh, on something. So anyway, I got a, I got a strange finger, and you know my finger can look broken. We'll have to put a picture of that online. Yeah, I can so basically true. turn one of my fingers 90 yeah, degrees out. Look, like Steve's like, no, nah, that ain't cool. Everybody I've shown that to is so cool. They well, think that's about, so cool. What about like if you were if, – if the table saw company doesn't tell you that if you stick your finger in the blade, it'll cut it off? <laughs> well, you had a figure as you I, jared as about Jace. As, right. as I'm shaking my – Your nub? My nubby at everybody. So, I mean, I, I'm serious, though. It's like you get a, you know, obviously I, I took the guard off. <laughs> <laughs> he called and said, how much can I get? Right. Well, I didn't call you, but I think afterwards you, you said you we could have recovered. I said there's, there's potential claim there. I mean, taking the guarding off. Significantly decreased yeah, by the guard. Taking the guarding off is really uh, impacted it's interesting, the value I mean, of your case. Yeah, and a lot of times those guards, I used to look at them as being almost – is sometimes they get in the way, and it makes it a little more dangerous to me sometimes because you can't see what's going on. There's different stuff that can happen. But uh, for that application, I don't know that it would have helped me anyway. I don't know. All I know is that your finger, your nub just looks really interesting right now. you got to put a picture of that up. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have a finger web page picture perhaps. But, Jace uh, will be on there. Cut right. his finger off on a oh, on a man. What was it? Just slicer, a meat, meat, meat slicer. slicer. <laughs> yeah. And, he, yeah. And oh man, did he? Yeah. Hit it? We, we talked did, about that. We did one have episode. a picture of that one up at one point. I don't know if we, we didn't put it up. I showed it to him. And then my brother listened to the podcast and he didn't know I was going to talk about that. And that morning he was listening to it and he sent me a picture of the whenever he cut his finger right. off. Oh, a piece of flesh. Oh man. Yeah. It's man. a whole thumbnail. It's a whole. Oh. It's it's just laying on the. I cut my well, finger dicing onions the other day. Now, I got another question for you, Dave. There, I had a client one time, and I think this is true. I'm, I'm almost positive this is true. And I, I've, I've since preached this gospel. I was working on a criminal case. It was a situation where uh, my client had caused a wreck. and uh, caused At fault? Re- at fault. At fault. And I got brought in on the criminal side because the individual was actually, there was an allegation that he was impaired. And uh, was indicted, and all sorts of things happened. But we were looking for insurance coverage in everywhere we could because this individual was a professional. It might have been a physician. I can't remember. But we ran into a huge problem because he had a trampoline in his backyard and didn't disclose it to his homeowner's insurance. And somebody had called him and told him, and <laughs> there, like, we he lost his umbrella or something like that happened. <laughs> 
And yeah, that can I mean that can happen if you don't report something like your homeowners and they when they you know you're taking out a policy they ask you all these questions and if you basically are not truthful with them and they find something out they can basically void the policy. Um, like dogs, this happens a lot. You you have a dog in your house, you're harboring a dog, you don't tell your insurance company you've got a dog and the dog bites someone and then they find out or the insurance company will ask you, do you have dogs in your house? Yes. Have they ever bitten anyone? No, but the dog has bitten someone previously. They'll Once they find out, they'll yank your insurance. The, the, I didn't and, know you had an obligation to do that. If it's on, if it's on the application. You, you don't have to. Uh-huh. It's, 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 you know, like basically. If I have insurance for 10 years and then I decide to get a dog, should I call them and say I got a dog? You, you, well, it depends. I mean, you can call them and ask and say, hey, if my dog bites someone, is this going to be covered? That's probably the smart way to yeah. do it. Different kinds of dogs require different kinds yeah, of insurance. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. different dogs are, are you know, people believe that they're more vicious, so you got to be more careful about that. I, I just and, know. And you made a great point just real quick. I didn't mean to interrupt you. If someone ever is in that situation that your client and they – I always tell them, and this is a great point we talked about earlier. If you are in that criminal situation, I know, as Jeff said, and, and you'll say, call you guys, Yavich and Palmer, first because then if you have to talk to your insurance company to cover it, you or Jeff will call the insurance company because you don't want that person to make any statements. And I get a lot of people saying, oh, I told my insurance, I talked to them about the accident when they've had maybe a, a potential criminal exposure. No, that's a and great don't. point. And, and we get this all the time where people say it's a drunk driving that turns into an ag vehicular homicide. And, you know, they, they oh, my insurance company wants a recorded statement. Yep. And we're like, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. So if you're ever in this situation that you just talked about, you know, obviously call you guys and, and then – you know, if your insurance company does call you, just tell them I'm not giving a statement because they might tell you you're required to, which you are, to give your own insurance company a statement. But you can just say, I'm not going to at this point in time talk to my lawyers because any statement that you give and you guys are the criminal experts obviously can be used in the criminal case and in a civil case as well. Yeah. So what happens is in that situation, if there's a death or something really serious the, and you haven't made, say, say you do it all right. You go to the hospital. I don't want to make any statements. Because say, say you're hurt too and you end up in this situation or the police are not going to do it. Say, I don't want to make any statements. I'm going to exercise my right to remain silent. And then you're, you call your agent and say, yeah, man, I was just in this accident. I had eight beers and I don't know what the hell happened. You know, we'll talk about it next week when we go golfing. And uh, <laughs> next beers. thing you know, that statement is getting subpoenaed by the prosecutor. And you have actually, so you, you asserted your right to, the, to remain silent to the cops, but then you just told everybody else. So, you know, and you know what, Dave, a lot of times we'll pick up the phone and call you. I do this right. all the time. It's like, listen. The insurance company's banging down my door. I got a client who's guilty of hit skip. He or she hasn't told anybody yet what's gone, that they were drunk or not drunk and what's going on. And uh, you've talked to me off the ledge on a number of those problems yeah. where you can say, all right, you're not, your client's probably not going to lose coverage if you do it this way. Right. And we'll talk, you or, or Jeff or myself, we'll talk to the insurance company and tell them this is what happened and that's not going to be used against our client typically. Or we just say there's an accident, provide coverage. Yeah, there's an accident. We'll yeah. give you as much detail, the minimal details right, you need the minimum to provide detail. coverage. Right. From a criminal perspective, we see that all twice time. a month. All the Like time. some situation where I got in this accident, but I didn't tell them this or I left or whatever. And, and how do you operate? Because you do. You have people coming at you from two different angles. And I do, you know, I do some work for insurance companies as well. And I can't tell you, I get a lot of calls from them because they are now being subpoenaed by prosecuting offices oh, to get statements made by yeah. I was just going to say the opposite that I, and I didn't want to discourage anybody, but 
I've never seen people subpoena it. So they are getting they are. wise I, to I, it. I don't, yes. The companies that I do work for, they will call me when they get a subpoena and say, and it's not a lot here in Columbus and Franklin County, but they are getting some up in northern Ohio and some well, that'll down trickle down. And, and why wouldn't they, right? I yeah. mean, if I'm prosecuting, oh, if you know what's going on, you thing. should. And we ought yeah. to do it. We ought to do it more in the reverse. On in the reverse, yeah. when the other side has made statements, yeah. There was, so we're, you know, there, and you there, can there you can find ways. out if, if yeah if they were involved, they can make statements and say you know that maybe they had a couple. All right. So here's uh, any what's the what, we'll just sort of end with it, this question. What is the biggest mistake? Say it's 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 average Joe or average Jane has an accident, say, I mean, let's call it like mid-injuries, like not going to kill them, maybe a broken arm. Chiropractor. And, uh, Rotator cuff. Yeah, the biggest mistake that I always hear from people, they always come to me too late, is that, oh, I tried to handle the case myself. I tried to do everything. And, you know, I tried to settle with the insurance company because they want to cut out the lawyer because they think the lawyer is going to take a bunch of money, which is not true. And the problem is now they've dug, dug themselves into a hole because that person now has given all of their medical records, not just from that accident, but past medical history to the insurance company. And they've also, you know, basically maybe lost out on treatment. When there's gaps in treatment, insurance companies say, well, if you were really injured, you would not have had a gap in treatment. And people say, well, I didn't go to the doctor because I didn't know who to go to. I didn't know which orthopedic surgeon. I didn't know which neurologist. I didn't know where to go. So now all of a sudden they come to me six months, nine months after the accident. They're like, I'm still in pain in my shoulder. And I'll be like, well, why didn't you treat? I didn't know who to treat for. I didn't have a family physician because so I didn't have someone to refer me. Or I went to someone and they said they want cash up front. And because of those and those gaps, all of a sudden the value of the case just went down the tubes. And then by calling you early on, I imagine just from what you said, you can help them find doctors qualified to treat them. Yeah, and what what we do is we don't sit there and say this is a preferred doctor. You hear that? I grew up in Columbus. I'm friends with a lot of orthopods. I'm friends with other doctors who I went to school with, high school with, college, and some in law school. So basically we say here's a couple doctors that you can go see who you feel comfortable with. They're going to get you better. I don't care if they're going to help our case or not, but they will get you better because that's the most important thing. And But if you don't have those gaps in treatment, then the insurance company is going to look at it and say that your claim is worth more money, the money that you deserve to get from these injuries. Plus, we'll deal with the medical bills. I mean, if you're getting medical bills or you can't pay a doctor, we're going to help with that. We don't give you cash. We can't do that. But we work with your medical providers to make sure that they're not sending you to collections and we make sure that they're treating you knowing that at the end of the day out of this personal injury case, We'll be able to pay off some of those bills. So that's the letter of protection? Correct. There is a letter of protection. Not every provider accepts it, but it's just telling your doctor, your healthcare provider, hey, when we sell this case, we will pay the bill. Don't yeah. don't send my client to collections. Yeah, that's I mean so the good the, the advice is really not rocket science here. Call a lawyer. Right? My advice know. is to listen to the lawyer. Yeah. Nobody wants to do I, it. Well, right? I wasn't Nobody listening to, to David. It. Whenever I had to disillusion my my barbecue, whenever I had to yeah. get, when I wanted to get rid of Brad, I just wanted out, man. He seemed, you should have seen me in his office. I was, I was like, give it away. I just want it done. I don't want to see his face. And he kept, and I still didn't listen. And I still didn't listen because I wanted out and I wanted out fast and I just wanted to be done. And he tried to calm me down. And then even at one point, I was like, just make it easy. Give it to him. I don't want to he see him. Out. I just want it out. And that's when I first met you. So I didn't know you very enough to yell at you. To no. just say, hey, yeah. listen, dumb 
Yeah, you know? well, you, you did say that. <laughs> I did, but you, you should have. You could have yelled more. Right, but that's yeah. my fault. Yeah, it was all my fault because I just I was just going to end it. Steve said, said, "No, you got to go talk to David." That's, that's so I went still to talk you. to David. Yeah, it really. Because I was talking to Funkhauser today back in, and there was a trooper sitting there, and he was like, "I drive around all the time because he was asking about the podcast." I said, "Dude, I listen to podcasts constantly. What's your podcast?" And I told him about it, and uh, he said, "Where where should I start?" You know what I mean? And I was like, well, you know, the Blinsky Chronicles yeah. was a hit. Star with Blinsky Chronicles. And he goes, well, what's it about? And I started talking to him about it. And he goes, oh, yeah, that Westerville guy? I was like, Westerville guy? He's like, yeah, that put this stuff online. I was like, no, 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 oh, yeah. no. Let me the... tell you the backstory of that. I was like, episode one, we cover it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. so it's still, it's the, 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 the thought that you're still connected to that is out there, which sucks. Well, and, yeah, I just, yeah. I could have done better, but I wanted, I wanted out. out. Man, I wanted, were, I wanted out, bro. You, you wanted I to start your done. next, your next business which, venture. In the end, I'm, it's, it's, it all worked out for me. I'm, I'm, I'm happier. I'm healthier. I, I'm living a better life than I was then. So, but if I had done it on my own or if I had, if I should have listened more, you know, he stopped me from going too low. And, but once again, he, he's working for me, no matter what he, he might know the right thing. And he's trying to explain it to the customer, which is me. And I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I just want to, I just want to, and you've heard of people that have done this in divorces, where they've just wandered out and they want to get away, and then, <laughs> and then, in the, then in the end they see how much they left on the table and what they should have done. And if I hadn't had David there, I would have, I would really uh, screwed myself. I mean, look, man, I deal with this. I just, yeah. I just had this conversation with my staff upstairs too. It's like sometimes it's it's easy for us as lawyers to sort of go down this empathetic path with clients at times, and some it's not the right thing all the time. And in fact, I mean, look, I can be empathetic and sympathetic and I can appreciate what you're going through, but sometimes I got to say, shut the F up and listen to what I'm saying because I am right. You've paid me a lot of money to tell you this. Listen to it. It's like you would not go in and order a big plate of food and then throw it out, right? I mean, you you, you paid for it. Use it. I mean, and, it, there are, and there are people that need that. You it, needed that in that moment. Oh, and again, yeah. it's, it depends on the relationship. And well, that's about I mean, if you don't we... know somebody, you just don't know. But I've had clients, and this is the conversation we had the other day, had these clients where we've had enough conversations with them and nothing's getting through to them. And it keeps coming back and keeps coming up. And it's like at some point you have to be like, look, I'm not going to help you anymore unless you listen to me because that's what you're paying for. Well, and I think we're, we have every right. And, and our rules let us say I quit. Yeah. If we have a fundamental disagreement on how the case should be, and that happens, you know, in the personal injury world, I'll have an offer from an insurance company, and I tell the client, "Don't take it," but they'll say, "I want it." I'm like, "No, don't take it. I can get more. Let's go to trial." And they'll say, "No," and I'm like, "You're the client. I explain it, and that's your wishes." And the vice versa has been true, where they're offering, the insurance company's offering, it's the client wants the moon, and in those typical cases, I'll either say, "Well, I can go try it," or that's when I would get off the case because you're not going to get a dollar more. You know, if we go to trial. Well, you said earlier that some people are like, I just need the car fixed. Yeah. And you're like, well, the car is one thing, but your legs crumbled up. Or you get in an accident, sometimes you think you're fine. You didn't know that you got a concussion. You didn't You didn't know right. that you, you, you hurt your back. Well, you think stepping out with Brad was the car fix. Me? You might not have done it yeah, right. Mine, 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 was, mine, was, mine was the car out. fix. So, 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 here's, so here's, the, here's the rule. If your lawyer talks, you should listen. Yes. You should listen to lawyer talk. Yes. Now, off often, the often, often, often it's right. off the record when we're giving that? you advice. I like that. And it's like on that. the air. You are. You <laughs> are the, the segue king. And you can pull it out. 
<laughs> Segway <laughs> king. My wife commented on that the other day. She's like, Steve's pretty good at segways. He's Man, doing all right I with it. Pretty good. I'm better yeah. on the birds. <laughs> Lime. Lime. All right. Lime. Well, this has been Lawyer Talk. There'll be more with Dave. Thanks. Right Thanks there. for having me. No, there's there's a lot of great stuff to talk about. Then we'll do we'll do more than that. And you know, you can reach. How do how do they reach you? Uh, they can give me a call at 614-222-1889 or email dgoldstein at dgoldsteinlaw.com. dgoldsteinlaw.com. And he is here at 511 South High. You're in the penthouse. Right? I am in the penthouse. Or if you can't get a hold of me, you can always call Yavich and Palmer. Give us a call. Mm-hmm. OhioLegalDefense.com. We have a little client submission thing. So even if you got a question for the podcast that you want Dave to answer, we can get that answered. Uh, just at OhioLegalDefense.com. And, uh, or you can call us always at 614-224-6142 here at Lawyer Talk. Don't forget J-Man. Oh, the J. Well, sorry. And if you have vape. a vaping needs. Quit smoking. It's bad for you. Get well, some I mean, vape. And that's a, there's vape. been tobacco litigation. There might be vaping litigation at some point. but There, there, there will be. But not yet. Everybody's – it's just a humidifier. It's just it's – just, I think it's, it smells great. I love it. I actually smell. like it. I can tell when Jared's in the building. I, I love I, I'm, I'm sure you can. When Jared's here and I'm hanging out with Jared, I'm like, can you take a puff just so I can – it smells – it's like – it's, it's, it's relaxing. It's like I, the maple syrup one I had. Like I, someone had one of those once and – it's so real to me. It's like like I'm in a spa. You know those those you know like when they're burning incense, but it I, smells great. I used to have an uncle that smoked a pipe, and it was always yeah. uh, there's that uh, very pipes, sort of yeah. distinguished mm. smell about it. Some of the smells people don't like. I get customers come in, they're like, "Just give me one that my wife will like," because they you know they'll have different 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 scents. Is it? I've never been in there, so is it like? It's wide. It's like cotton candy and fresh cut grass and all this crap. Sixty-eight different flavors. Wow. And not only does it smell nice, it, it, it changes the flavor. Now, I will say this. In the mornings, walking into the store is the best. When nobody's been vaping, there's no smell. Just It's just the perfume coming from the bottles. When you walk in the store, and it smells like a candle shop kind of. Like, you know, if you walked into a big candle shop, yeah. and you got that, that yeah. aroma that's coming through. In the mornings when nobody's vaping anything and you're just smelling from the bottles. Like when you go in the warehouse... It's something I've had. I've had deliveries where the UPS guys or the, or the mailmen have been like, man, my truck smells great. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, I like it. So it's one-stop shop, criminal defense, Vaping. civil personal injury help, and vape. Yeah. It's all good. Advancedvapor.com. Advancedvapor.com. Westerville store. Any other question that people need answered, we can probably, amongst the four of us, come up with an yes. answer. Email it in. Just send it, call it, do whatever. All right. Lawyer talk off the record, on the air, until now.